this is an Alert USA Threat Journal National Situation Update for the week ending Saturday, March 7th, 2015. This week in security news, on three occasions this week, Alert USA subscribers have been notified via SMS messages to their mobile devices regarding additional escalation of tensions between Russia, the U.S., and NATO over developments in Eastern Europe. On Monday, the Russian TASS news agency reported Russia's ambassador to NATO, Alexander Grushko, stated that Moscow will take all measures, including military technical, to neutralize possible threats from a NATO presence in Ukraine. He went on to say that by their actions, some of the NATO countries are adding fuel to the fire of this conflict. Within hours of Grushko's comments, U.S. 173rd Airborne Brigade Commander Colonel Michael Foster announced U.S. soldiers would in fact be deploying to Ukraine by week's end. According to Colonel Foster, six companies of U.S. soldiers would be training six Ukrainian companies throughout the summer, and there are discussions about increasing the duration and scope of the training mission. Listeners are reminded that last week, Alert USA subscribers were notified that British Prime Minister David Cameron announced the U.K. would also be sending troops to Ukraine to assist in the training mission. On Wednesday, the commander of U.S. forces in Europe, Lieutenant General Frederick Ben Hodges, stated that Russia currently has more than 12,000 troops inside eastern Ukraine. He accused Russian President Vladimir Putin of seeking to destroy NATO and warned of the possibility of Russia employing the sort of hybrid warfare seen in eastern Ukraine against a NATO member in order to test the alliance. As an example, Putin could try to destabilize a NATO member by using a rebel militia as in eastern Ukraine, but in the absence of an overt Russian attack, some NATO members may be reluctant to invoke Article 5 of the NATO Defense Treaty, which calls for a collective response by all members. According to Hodges, once Article 5 is gone, our alliance is over. Hodges also called for U.S. main battle tanks to be deployed in Poland, Lithuania, Latvia, Estonia, Romania, and Bulgaria. Listeners may recall that in late 2013, the U.S. had just completed the removal of all U.S. tanks from Europe for the first time since the Normandy invasion. This absence only lasted a few months. In early 2014, the U.S. began the process of returning more than 200 tanks and Bradley fighting vehicles back to Europe in response to events in Ukraine. On Thursday, the Department of Defense confirmed U.S. military forces have now formally entered Ukraine. Multiple arms of the Russian government immediately lashed out at the move. The foreign ministry called the arrival of U.S. troops a provocation and a threat to Russian security. A ministry spokesman said the deployment of U.S. forces was intended to teach Ukrainian soldiers how to use overseas military equipment. Listeners are reminded that Congress has already passed the Ukraine Freedom Act, which authorizes a provision of lethal military aid to Ukraine, though President Obama has yet to formally sign off on the measure. Alert USA and Threat Journal have been reporting on the buildup of U.S. forces in the region for over a year. Under a broad effort at reassuring allies and demonstrating the United States' continued commitment to the collective security of NATO, the U.S. alone has deployed tens of thousands of soldiers, sailors, airmen, and Marines as part of Operation Atlantic Resolve to augment the air, ground, and naval presence in the region and to enhance previously scheduled exercises. This week alone, there have been joint exercises underway in Latvia, Estonia, Lithuania, Poland, and Romania, war games and patrols involving NATO warships in the Black and Baltic Seas, as well as near-constant fighter jet and reconnaissance patrols in the skies above the region. Further, tensions with Russia are not limited to the situation in Ukraine, but extend into another region thousands of miles away. Listeners may recall in the fall of 2013, President Obama was on the verge of ordering U.S. military strikes in Syria against the government of President Bashar Assad due to rather dubious accusations of chemical weapons use. 
At the time, U.S. mainstream media put forth a storyline that President Obama decided at the last minute to pull back on a military threat and give diplomacy a chance following his deliberative walk around the White House grounds with Chief of Staff Dennis McDonough. A major aspect of this decision, not widely reported by U.S. media, was the chilling threat issued by Vladimir Putin just days before during the 2013 G20 summit in St. Petersburg, Russia. At that meeting, Vladimir Putin openly declared that Russia was already supplying arms to Syria and would become more deeply involved in the conflict if President Obama went forward with the attack. Fast forward to this week, and it appears that the table is once again being set for U.S. military action against Bashar Assad. On Thursday of this week, during meetings with Gulf state foreign ministers in Saudi Arabia, Secretary of State John Kerry indicated once again that military pressure may be needed to oust Assad. Quote, ultimately, a combination of diplomacy and pressure will be needed to bring about a political transition. Military pressure may be necessary given President Assad's reluctance to negotiate seriously. Listeners are reminded that as we reported back in September of 2013, U.S. and EU interests in Syria have little to do with accusations of chemical weapons use or a tyrannical Syrian leader. Far more compelling is the fact that the Syrian civil war kicked off soon after agreements were signed regarding the construction of a new Iran-Iraq-Syria gas pipeline, which would carry product from Iran's giant South Pars field, traversing Iraq and Syria, and leading into Europe. Then there is a competing pipeline which would have supplied Europe with gas routed from opposing Gulf states such as Qatar. Then there is Russia, who currently supplies a significant amount of natural gas into Europe via pipelines running through, you guessed it, Ukraine. In the end, trillions of dollars in revenue hang in the balance on the outcome of these conflicts. You can find much more in these stories in this week's issue of the Threat Journal newsletter. If you're not already a subscriber, visit ThreatJournal.com and sign up today. It's completely free. AlertUSA continues to closely monitor developments in these regions and will immediately notify service subscribers of changes in the overall threat environment as it applies to U.S. citizens and interests as events warrant. In travel security news, in addition to a standing U.S. government-issued worldwide caution and separate worldwide travel alert, this week the State Department issued new travel warnings for Syria and Honduras, holding at 41 the number of individual countries around the world specifically identified as posing significant risks for U.S. citizens. Alert USA warns parents of high school and college-age students that with the approach of spring break, travel plans need to be given serious scrutiny due to the declining global security situation. If you, family members, or your employees are traveling abroad, even to such common locations as the Caribbean, Mexico, or Europe, you would be wise to regularly check the U.S. State Department's travel website for the latest information on the security situation at your destination. It is also strongly recommended that you consider medical and security evacuation insurance from companies such as Global Rescue, which can be acquired for a minor fraction of what you would spend on trips abroad. Considering the growing dangers in our world, you would do well to consider these suggestions. This has been an Alert USA Threat Journal National Situation Update for the week ending Saturday, March 7, 2015.